Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that brings us near, that has given us life, that has given us hope, that has given us the ability to be called your children and to be in your family. Thank you that you are a father to us and that you have brought us into your house and given us the same rights and privileges and position as your very own son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for bringing us near, that we're not far off from you, that we're not just serving you, but Father, that we're in your house, that we've entered the house of prayer. We've entered the house of blessing. We've entered the house where you live and where you dwell, and that you have become our provision and our provider, and that you have become our comfort and our help and that you have become our strength in our life, and that you have become everything to us that your word has promised and has declared and has actually made a reality. Father, I thank you that you sent your word and you healed us. In the name of Jesus, we just command every sickness and every disease and every attack of the enemy to leave our bodies, leave our lives, leave our finances. Father, we thank you for the power of your word uh, cutting away and driving back the forces of darkness. Father, we thank you. Thank you that you're a good God, that all of your ways are good and all of your thoughts are good, that you deal with us in good things and in good ways, that every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from you, that that you don't change, that there's not even a hint or a shadow of turning or changing with you, that you are the unchanging God, and that when we come to you, we know exactly how you're going to deal, that it's, it's for our good and for our help to help us and to be a blessing to us, to give us a hope and a future, not to take and to steal from us. Father, we thank you. Oh, Father, oh, we thank you for your word, that your word is full of your life and full of your person and full of yourself. Father, as we come before you today and we open your words and speak your words and read your words, Father, I thank you that your word changes the situation, that your word is the surest foundation for us to act upon, that your word goes beyond uh, even this dispensation or this time and that your word endures forever, that your word is from everlasting to everlasting, that your word has been tested and tried and has been found to be pure, found to be holy, found to be right, found to be reality. So Father, we ask today that you would open unto us your word that you would reveal, show us what only you can show us, that we see what only you could show. Father, that by your spirit, that you would just be our guide, that we, that we wouldn't uh, walk in a, in a way that's wrong or a way that is even confusing, but that we would just allow your light to be right on our path before us and that we'll follow you each and every, uh, in each and every area of our lives, in our relationships, Father, we we lift up relationships to you. 
Father, that you be the God of marriages, that you be the God of friendships, that you be the God of families. Father, we thank you that you are King of kings and Lord of lords, that you instituted the family, that you, you even with a hunger for relationship, created mankind. And Father, we just pray, Father, that we would walk and talk with you each and every moment of each and every day that we live a life of prayer, a life of looking to you. Father, we thank you for strengthening us on the inside, that you are the strength of our life, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us and gives us the ability. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, Let's start out in uh, Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11, verse uh, 22. Mark eleven twenty-two. 22. And Jesus answering them said, Have faith in God. For verily I say to you that whosoever will say to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and will not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass, he'll have whatsoever he says. Therefore, I say to you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. Notice that Jesus said in verse 23, whosoever will say and believe those things that he says will have whatever he says. And then let's look over at Mark chapter 5, verse 25. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. The woman with the issue of blood will begin with verse um, 25. No, I'm going to back up to verse 23. Well, okay, just to give you context, Jairus is saying, you know, uh, trying to get Jesus to come to his house. Verse 23. And besought him greatly, just uh, Jairus did, saying, besought Jesus greatly, my little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. Notice, that's his faith speaking. And Jesus went with him and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. In other words, she had sought through all means that she knew and all means that was possible and, and had spent all of her living uh, just to uh, be able to get healing and still didn't get better. Actually, she got worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, <clears throat> for she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? 
And the disciples said unto him, uh, you see the multitude throng you, and you're saying, who touched me? Like you're seeing all these crowd of people bumping up against you, and you're asking, who touched me? <laughs> and he looked around to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came down and fell before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. Now, we're going to come right back there, but let's uh, go to Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14 and verse 6. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 14, verse 6. They were aware of it and fled into Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lyconia, and under the region that lies round about. And there they preached the gospel. Notice they preached the gospel. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. So it's not someone that walked and then became crippled, crippled from his mother's womb. Never had walked. I assume never had learned balance. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. You know, this Jesus in Mark chapter 5 with the woman with the issue of blood, he said, who touched me? And the disciples are like, well, you got all these people. Like, well, how are you asking me who touched? But then the word says, so he looked in the crowd to see who had done this. Why? Because faith can be perceived. So Paul said, she had faith to be healed. Verse 9. You know, the same, the impotent man, the same, that's the impotent man, heard Paul speak. What did he hear him speak? Verse 7, and there they preached the gospel. So the impotent man heard Paul preach the gospel or heard them preach the gospel who steadfastly beholding him, Paul steadfastly seeing the man that he had faith to be healed. Verse 10, said with a loud voice, stand upright on your feet, and he leaped and walked. The man that was crippled from his mother's womb never had walked. He got up, leaped, and walked for the first time in his life because he came in contact with the power of the gospel. He came in contact with the resurrection power of Christ, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, the same power that was present in the resurrection, because that same power after Jesus, it says he ascended on high. What is it? He ascended, but first he descended into the lower parts of the earth. Well, what happened? Well, he went to hell and he defeated the devil, and he defeated the power of the devil because on the cross was placed on him the sin, the sickness, the iniquity, the curse, because Galatians says, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. So God placed uh, the penalty for sin, all the sins of the people, all sickness, all disease, all poverty on Christ on the cross. And then Christ defeated that. And when he rose from the dead, when God raised him from the dead, 
He rose as one with victory over every type of the curse. Over every part of the curse. Over, like I think, you know, we just had, I'm doing some groundwork at my earthwork at the house right now. And uh, so the machine I was renting broke. And so they had to come and fix it. And it broke at just not the right time. (laughs) Because, um, you know, uh, my property, it's kind of a hill, and it kind of comes to the house, and so it kind of rotted out the bottom of the house, and so I said, well, i got to fix the grade and get rid of that so that no water can hit the house so the grade goes away from the house. Anyhow, <laughs> so they're predicting thunderstorms for Friday. So Friday morning at 9.30, uh, the, the hydraulic line on this just started spewing hydraulic fluid. And I thought, oh, that's not good. So I called them up and said, do you have another machine? They said, we don't have another machine, but we'll send a mechanic out to fix it. And I said, well, can he come quick? Because <laughs> <laughs> it was originally supposed to rain in our area at like 12 or 2 or something like that. And so, oh, yeah, maybe an hour, but probably more like 4, something like that. Well, he came like 7 hours later. <laughs> and, and it would like sprinkle a little bit. And I'm like, oh, no. So I got about an hour's worth of work because I had, I had dug the day before and I uh, got it to where it was down a little bit, but then there were kind of like low areas that it would not be able to drain from. And it's a lot of clay. So what happened is we had this torrential downpour and it just like made pools of water. <laughs> so it filled like, you know, there's, it's, a, it's a, a, a tank tread type of thing, you know, a little bobcat or something. Anyhow, so it filled like every little crevice the water, every little crevice. You know, I mean, not every, every place, but where it was lower. And so the whole reason I told you that was that Jesus, like every little crevice, every little place in your life, that there is not the blessing of God, that is not the will of God. The big places and the little places. And it's like when water goes into a place, I got a laser level so I can see that everything's level once I'm done and I can make the correct slope away. But when I was noticing when all that water was there, I don't need the laser level. (laughs) Because water automatically levels. So anything that is at that depth (laughs) is filled with the water. So anything that is at the depth of the curse gets filled with the water of life of Christ. And it's like totally fills the void. (laughs) So that you don't have uh, anything missing, anything lacking. That you have perfect peace, perfect soundness. Now, this, this big dictionary that I like is called the Kittle. Okay, so, um, and I was first introduced to this dictionary by um, Reverend T.L. Osborne, who's gone on to be with the Lord, but is a world evangelist, wonderful man of God. And um, so, uh, uh, we heard him in 2005, we went to some of his meetings, my wife and I, and um, in those meetings, he gave this definition, kind of a paraphrase from this big dictionary. But that's how I found about this big dictionary, and so I really like it. <laughs> um, but this is um, talking about uh, the gospel, definition of uh, gospel, the preaching of the gospel, and this is his paraphrase of that dictionary. But I wanted to share it with you. He said, the mess- well, it said, the message of Christ is the power of God which is the power of salvation. So the message of Christ, 
is the power of God. Right? Romans 1.16. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. So if you want power in your situation or in your life, if you want water to fill that void, it's going to come through the gospel if it's coming from God. It is gospel, and the gospel is the life of God, and the gospel is the freedom of God, and the gospel is the um, quickening of God. Actually, the word of God says that God quickened Christ from the dead. He quickened, he, he made like life flow in and through him. And that life raised him from the dead. Actually, Corinthians says that the same power that raised Christ from the dead will actually quicken our mortal bodies. That it quickened Christ's mortal body. But it also quickened your mortal body. But it didn't just quicken his mortal body because there's a lot more going on in Christ when he died than what's going on in us. Because Christ didn't just take my sins. And he just didn't take the nature that I had on the inside to be a sinner. I don't have that nature anymore. You, if you're born again today, you do not have the nature of a sinner. That, that is gone. 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man be in Christ or be united to Christ, he is a new creature. Brand new creature. One translation said, never existed before. This is a brand new thing. Actually, Christ was like the firstborn of a new generation or a new race of people or a new breed of people. That Christ is the forerunner, that he goes before us. And so then that sin nature, that I was born in sin, and that uh, inside my spirit man was uh, connected with sin, in Christ that is severed. And actually I'm made a brand new creature, and you're made a brand new creature. It doesn't take away that your flesh will want to do things that your spirit does not approve of. Wouldn't that be amazing if it did? <laughs> so if anyone, anyone, anywhere, anytime is in Christ, is united with Christ, they are a new creature. New creature. So then you've never sinned. From your spirit. Do you understand? You know, First John says, speaking to believers, and if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Well, that sounds like uh, the word of God's not really planning on us being sinners. <laughs> but you occasionally may mess up because you are not perfect and neither am I. <laughs> Jesus is our perfection. <laughs> so <clears throat> God quickened Christ and he will quicken you. Yeah. Well, how does that quickening come? How do you connect with the power of God in your situation and in your life? Through the believing and speaking of the gospel. This is why uh, confession is such an important um, 
part of the gospel to grab hold of and to live out in your life. What you say. You are what you say. I was talking to Melody yesterday, and I said to her, I said, you know, I said, um, it's so sad when you find someone that doesn't have any friends. Because most of the time what they're saying is, nobody wants to be my friend. They create their own world. Nobody likes me. You understand? So that what happens? Well, they have that mentality and almost that stench about them. They may not say a lot, but you know, like, your communication, uh, just in the natural world, people tell us that communication is 80% nonverbal. So your confession, and we did this, I think, when we did a confession series last year, we, we kind of emphasized this part of it, that your confession is a lot more than just the simple saying of words. But it is, where are you saying those words from? Where did those sprout from? Did those words sprout from a conviction that this is what God said and even though I don't understand all of the details and all of the particulars, I know God and he's my father and I'm trusting him and so I have a conviction that what he said is true whether I understand every little detail or not. Let's put it this way. I mean, his thoughts are higher than man's thoughts and his ways are higher than ours. So he'll give us little glimpses and with the Holy Spirit, you'll get a whole lot more light and understanding than what you ever did before. But you know, after we leave this life and leave this earth, we're going to spend, well, there is no time. But we, if we measured it in time, we're going to spend millennia after millennia after millennia getting to know aspects of God himself. I mean, just meditate in a scripture, your favorite scripture this afternoon, that you have seen things and the Lord has used in your life. And you'll, you can get more revelation, more understanding. There is no end. There is no end to the revealing that can happen. In the word of God. So the gospel is the power of God. All right? So let me go back to this. I'll I'll just start over. The message of Christ is the power of God, which is the power of salvation. The power of God in the gospel is proven as God delivers people from the power of darkness and translates them into the kingdom of his dear son. In other words, this is not just a, 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 um, a fellowship group. The church, Christianity, it's not just like a philosophy, like we're going to come together and think good thoughts and, you know, hum and meditate and, and, and you know, be good people and, and do good things and do all of that. Well, we should do all that, not all that. No, just kidding. <laughs> you will do good if you've been, uh, if the gospel has shown up at your residence. It will actually, you'll have to try to stop yourself from doing good. Because goodness has come to live inside of you. And if you let it out, if you're yielding to the things of God and the spirit of God, it's just a natural outflow. 
Like you, you are a witness. Your life is a witness. The power of God in the gospel is proven as God delivers people from the power of darkness and translates them into the kingdom of his dear son. Gospel is not an empty word. It is grounded in the divine act of deliverance from the rule of Satan. And that deliverance becomes fact by the preaching of the gospel. I'm going to read that part again. Gospel is not an empty word. It is grounded in the divine act of deliverance from the rule of Satan. And that deliverance becomes fact by the preaching of the gospel. The preaching of the gospel is the continuation of the saving activity of Christ. Therefore, the proclaimers of the gospels are the continuators of Christ's ministry. They stand in the place of Jesus and are as he is. Hallelujah. In other words, the powers in the preaching of the gospel, the declaration of the gospel. That's why when I told you the story uh, two or three weeks ago about my daughter, that I said to her, I said, do you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead? I knew she believed it, but I wanted her to say from her heart, well, yes, daddy, of course I believe that. And I said, okay. I said, you know the same power that it took to raise Christ from the dead, that same power is present right now because, you, because of your belief and your speaking of your belief. I said, so now, what, what, so I said, what did I say? <laughs> did you say something to me? Yeah, her tailbone, yeah. So I said, okay. I said, so now we're, gonna we're, we're just going to speak to your body and uh, you know, command it to be healed in the name of Jesus. And then I said, I said, okay, because she couldn't sit down or, or bend over. She couldn't bend over very far. So I said, uh, I said, okay, bend over. Well, let's just see how the Lord works with you. So she was kind of like, hmm, you know. <laughs> uh, because she was overwhelmed by the pain. Yeah, she was anxious. And she was really nervous because she wanted to go to your house and swing on the swing. And she, all the input, like, you know, like these thoughts come to us like, I like how Brother Hagen describes it, like machine gun bullets. In other words, faster than you can like grab each one. You're like, you know, you're not going to get to swing. You can't do this. Your day's ruined. And this is what you look forward to. And what's wrong with you? And all these thoughts come. And so... I could tell that, that that was there. Oh, yeah, so that's why, that's why I did that. Praise the Lord. So what we did, because I saw she was in this anxious condition, and so in other words, in that condition, I know she cannot receive from God. Yes. And she will not receive from God. So I can say to her, I can say, now, Evie, in the name of Jesus, I just command your body to line up and come in line with the word, and nothing will happen. Because she is resisting, she is not receiving. Why? Well, she is in receiving anxiety mode and maybe receiving upset mode. You understand? You can't have the, the two of these things cannot flow at the same time. 
Love and hate do not go together. So you can't say you love God, but you hate your, your friend or your coworker or somebody else. Why? What's happening? Well, you are a spirit being. You're a three-part being. You have a spirit. Uh, excuse me. You are a spirit. You have a soul, and you live in a body. And, um, you know, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against spiritual things, you know. And so what happens is you're, you're yielding to, to hate or anxiety or um, all of these other things that really have roots in evil, and yet you're trying to, like, flow with God. Remember James even said this about your mouth as a believer. He said, can a, can a spring of water have bitter and fresh water at the same time? You know, in other words, maybe take it, take it home because who went and drank from a spring this morning? Right? <laughs> so like if I have like a, a pitcher uh, of water and, you know, I got like a, you know, a crossbow to kill poison ivy in the yard. So if I have that mixed for the poison and then I have a, a clean pitcher of water to drink and my son, let's just pick one, maybe it would be Joel, <laughs> comes and pours the poison water into the good water. Do I want to drink that water? So Paul, uh, 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 James said, you can't have out of that same fountain blessing and cursing come. You know, with, 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 we bless God and then we curse men, is what James said. And out of the same fountain can both blessing and cursing come? I like how King James says it. My friends, these things ought not so to be. <laughs> Shouldn't be this way. Can't actually be that way. And so, um, so I uh, said, well, what's your favorite song? And so then we sang the song, uh, right? Her current favorite song is like, um, let the peace of God. And so we sang that, and then all of a sudden, the atmosphere changed. God works in atmospheres. So now, she's in a position to receive. So now I said to her, I said, then I said, is Jesus, you know, you believe God raised Jesus from the dead? And she said, yes, Daddy, I do. And I said, okay, now, I'm gonna pray for you and your body's going to be healed. What I want you to do is that I want you to bend over. So she went, after I prayed, and she went like this. She's like, huh? I said, bend over further. Because I said, did it hurt you further? Yeah. She's like, huh? She's like, well, I can go to there, and then it hurts when I get to there. I said, oh, that's fine. I said, do you remember the story where Jesus, you know, uh, the man with the blind eyes? First, what do you see? Well, I see like men like trees, you know, whatever. Okay, again. You know, so the further she went, the freer she got. Because what? I told her, I said, well, uh, sometimes healing is instantaneous. But always, when you connect with the power of the gospel, I told her, I said, always, you are instantly healed or you begin to amend. So many times uh, we're not in a position to receive and that's why we don't receive even though it's already been done. Do you understand? Like the power of the gospel. God raised Christ from the dead and when he raised Christ from the dead 
He healed your body at that moment before you were even on the scene. It was done, sealed, finished. So if you're waiting for God to heal you, you might as well stop because it's never going to happen. Because he already did. He's just waiting on you and me to get in position to receive. Like my daughter had to be in position to receive. And when you're full of anxiety and anxious thoughts, you are, you're, you're holding other things. You've got to get rid of that in order to receive. Like if I got my hands full of all this stuff, like firewood or something like that, and uh, somebody's like, hey, let me give you this uh, ladder. I'm like, uh, I can't take the ladder. I really want the ladder. I fell off a ladder. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> so I got to put the firewood down in order to get the ladder. Uh, and so uh, many times we want to receive something and we're acting on the word, what the word says, but it's really a mental exercise rather than an act of faith because of what we believe. And so the first thing that <clears throat> your faith will move is your mouth so that when you believe something, you speak it. Let's see, do I have time to do that? Oh, so let me finish this real quick and then, then I'll do that. Okay, thank God. Okay, verse nine of Acts chapter 14, we said, the same heard Paul speak who steadfastly beholding him, perceiving that he had faith to be healed. Same thing. Say, I got my daughter in a position to receive healing. And I know her, how her faith is enough to know and then I could tell even when I said it if she was in a position to receive she was in a position to receive. That's why when I first started, I said, Evie, come here. And I thought, ooh, we can't do anything with this. Not like that. I mean, we can do something, but we can't. We have to do this first, and then we can do this. Okay, Paul did the same thing. When he saw that he had faith to be healed, what did he do? He said with a loud voice, stand up on your feet. Like I said, bend over. He didn't say, see if you can stand up. Because he's not going, uh, Paul's not speaking. Paul is not speaking based on what he can do. He's speaking based on what Jesus did. Mm -hmm. So the power that Paul is working with is the resurrecting power of Christ. And there has not been a problem created that that resurrecting power did not overcome. You're special, but you're not special like that. <laughs> like the only problem, this is new. Jesus forgot to take care of this when he was on the cross. Okay, back to Mark chapter five. A certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians, spent all that she had, was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if, well, one translation actually says, for she kept saying, if I can but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. So when she heard of Jesus, in other words, when she heard uh, the, the power of God or she heard of the power of Christ or the anointing of God, she said, she began saying, 
if I can just touch his clothes. You know, if I can just touch his clothes. You know, she, wasn't, she, she had an issue of blood. She wasn't supposed to be among groups of people. So she had to overcome what was proper in society, saying, well, you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be going there. She's like, no, if I can just touch his clothes, I know if I just touch him, I'll be whole. If I can just touch, I just, just touch a part. All I have to do is just touch a part. And when I touch a part, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be whole. I am going to be whole. So like... It's the same in your life. When, when you decide, here's how this works out. So, hallelujah. If you are born again, God's spirit lives inside of you. And he's not there on the sofa just relaxing. He's actually waiting for you to speak something or do something. And as soon as you do, all of a sudden, he starts to flow. Like out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Jesus is speaking of the, of the Holy Spirit. And so um, what happens is, and when you have a challenge in your life, if you'll check on the inside, in that moment, the Spirit of God is actually directing you and giving you what to say and what to do. But what happens is we're so used to responding to um, our, uh, our flesh, like I said, like to worry about finances or to worry about uh, sickness or disease or worry is like a fleshly lust. It is a strong desire to get ourselves involved with it and to worry about it. And, um, you know, um, Brother Higgins said, I, I grew up, uh, my mother and grandmother were world champion warriors, you know. And uh, I think most of us could say in our family, we, we, we got good worry training, you know. <laughs> but that's not a good training to get. Yeah. Uh, because you're going to have anxiety about it. So, I mean, uh, some people in the case of the woman with the issue of blood would have been like, it's been 13 years. I spent everything. I guess I'm going to completely go broke. I'm probably not going to get to eat anymore. I'm just going to die with this issue of blood. And, you know, it's never going to happen and never going to change. And it's just going to be this way. And it's always, always going to be a problem for me. And I'm probably just going to die real soon. And no, no, no. Or, or if they've been Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16, verse 25 in prison, when they are bound up in prison, uh, they'd have been like, oh, no, I don't, you know, we sure messed up. We must have missed God. Obviously, we're not supposed to be here. Here because if God said to do it, everything just goes perfect. So I don't know, Silas, what you were thinking. It was your stupid idea to come over here. And, you know, uh, I don't understand why you did that. And Paul's like, well, you know, Silas is like, well, what are you talking about, Paul? You're the one with the big mouth writing all these letters and you was trying to say all this stuff. Now you ruined our testimony. Like we sent these letters and now people are going to think like, you, you know, these people don't even know the Lord. No, it says at midnight, Paul and Silas, what did they do? They prayed and sang praises to God. In other words, what did they do at the darkest hour? They began to speak. And first they directed themselves to God. 
and they begin to praise. And Hebrews, actually it says, uh, making uh, confession to his name, well, uh, that's what it literally means, is homologio, to his name, but it actually says giving thanks to his name. That confession, your confession actually properly um, exercised is thanksgiving and praise to God. In other words, uh, we just got another bill. I don't know where the money's going to come from. Uh, Father, I just want to praise you. I just want to thank you that you are my provider. That no matter what shows up, that you have made provision before it even thought to show up. That even if it's my fault and I made a mistake, that you made provision for me to make mistakes. That it's okay unless, unless I get stuck in my mistake and I look to me. But I know that if I look to you, that there's not a mistake I can make that you have not already taken care of, that you've not already wiped the slate clean and made a way. But what happens? Well, I mean, I just use finance because most people are affected by finance. So what happens is we, we have this financial pressure that comes and we look more to the pressure and to ourselves than to God. Like, how, like, in other words, what's the first thought that comes? Uh, how am I going to pay for this? Or how are, if you're married, how are we going to pay for this? Well, that's okay for that thought to come, but then what do you do? You just look to God. If God is really your source, does it really matter what happens? I learned this when on my. I used to go to mission. I used to go on missions trips. Oh, please understand how I'm saying this. <laughs> I went on several missions trips, and um, my faith was I believed the Lord that I would get extra jobs or get overtime and make extra money and, and pay for him, and so that's what happened. And then the Lord started dealing with me. Uh, because I didn't have as I had salary, so I didn't have ability to make more money, you know, type of thing. And the Lord dealing with me, He's like, uh, "Why don't you go on this trip?" And I said, to "The Lord, I said, well, I don't have the money for the trip." And just this is all happening as a witness on the inside. He said, "Why don't you ask me for the money?" <laughs> and I thought, "But what if it doesn't come?" <laughs> and so, but that was still there on the inside. Why don't you do this? So a week went by. And I thought, you know what? Come on. I'm just going to believe God. So I said, Lord, I said, I need $1,800 for this trip. I'm asking you for it in the name of Jesus. And then what I did is I just didn't think about it. I just thanked the Lord for the money. Every time I thought, well, every time I thought about it, I thanked the Lord for the money instead of trying to figure out where it was going to come from. Because you get that pressure and you try to figure it out that just leads you right down a path that's titled worry. <laughs> and in that path, you're getting further and further from God. From the provision of God. Uh, but you're just acquainted with every little thing. And so, um, so I didn't. And you know what happened? Man, you wish the Lord would do it at the beginning, like right, bef- right like when you ask. Not like right before you got to go because you're like, ah, ah, ah. All the money came in. 
Actually, I have money left over. I went on the missions trip and then gave the people I was with some money and then they gave me more money back. Because the Lord, when you look to him, he'll provide. But the problem is we try to get, uh, uh, you know, how's the pastor Mark say it? I really like how he says it. He says, God is the performer. I am the believer. So his business is the performance. My business is just to believe him. So I just encourage you today, like especially concerning finances, I don't care what it is, have faith in God and do what he says. So that you're not, um, when something comes, that you just stop and say, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. Well, that same thing works in every single situation. That you just follow what the Lord wants you to do. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, uh, It is the best decision that you would ever make in your entire life. Your life will change. Peace will come. Peace, maybe if you don't know Jesus, you don't know peace. There is a peace that passes all understanding that goes beyond um, anything I could make or you could make. And it is the peace that only God brings and only God offers and only comes with a relationship with Jesus Christ. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you'd like to, I want you to lift up your hands so I can pray with you and pray for you. If you're here this morning and you... Um, are a believer, you have received Jesus Christ. The Bible actually says, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to be the children of God. I talked to a lady one time and she said, well, I've just always uh, believed. And I said, well, you have to receive as many as received him. It's not automatic. Nobody's born into the world born again. You have to receive him. You have to receive Jesus. And when you receive him, you receive all of his life and all of his love and you're recreated. If you're here and you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in other tongues, it is an experience after salvation and it will, you receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you. Power to be a witness, power to preach the gospel, power to live. If that's you and you'd like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just slip up your hand. We'll pray with you and we'll pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that you have planted into our hearts. Father, I ask that you, like you actually said that you would, thank you that you honor your word, that your spirit will bring to our memory what your word that has been spoken to us. Father, that we don't just be forgetful hearers of your word, but we put your word into practice, that we speak as your word speaks, that we are blessed that we are well able, that we are healed, that all of our needs are met according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus, that we have the mind of Christ, that depression has no place in our life, but we have the mind of Christ, that we're not under a curse, but we're under the blessing, that the blessings of Abraham are ours, that provision is ours, that deliverance is ours, that we walk delivered and we walk free and we walk full of victory that it doesn't matter what comes our way, 
but you have made a way. Father, that we look to you in every situation. Father, I thank you for making your word alive within us and alive to us. We receive your word with joy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.